at 45 seconds. And uh, we've still got music playing here. And so, anyhow, God bless you. We appreciate you joining us this evening. Uh, we are doing Facebook Live and live streaming due to the fact of the COVID-19 uh, situation. And uh, am I... start over again. We're having a little bit of technical difficulty tonight. Hopefully we'll stay on, but uh, God bless you. We appreciate you joining our Wednesday night service. We are still live streaming due to the COVID-19 situation. And uh, so, but tonight is our prayer meeting night and we do want to open with prayer. We do have a lot of folks to pray for tonight. And I do have some requests here tonight. And and uh, then uh, in a little bit, I'll have an announcement or two. But uh, tonight, let you know, we do have several folks we need to pray for and, and have some um, that have come in, and if you would like us on Wednesday night to pray for somebody, we're not going to mention names, but we will mention some uh, some folks we need to lift up in prayer tonight. And so, um, um, and I'll try not to, you know, let you know who it is uh, for the. Um, we just don't want to put this out on video and have it recorded uh, because this is able to be able to be seen. But I want you to pray for one that's in the hospital tonight. Also pray for uh, somebody that's had a death in their family and some people that are traveling tonight. Do pray for them. And also pray for somebody that has an MRI tomorrow. We'll ask you to pray for them, that the Lord will work there. And uh, also pray for many in our church family who are sick. We've got several in our church family that have different things going on. So lift them up in prayer. Also, some of our church family have relatives that are sick, and so pray for them. Also for friends that are sick, so lift them up in prayer. Um, also, um, pray that the Lord will stop this virus. Do pray for that, that the Lord will stop this virus. And this is a virus that, you know, they keep saying that, you know, people, it's, it's not causing death to a lot of people, but one person is too many and it is making a lot of folks sick. So, and it's messing a lot of th lives up. So pray that the Lord will stop this thing. Also tonight, pray, still pray for those that are, are victims of the tornado that went through earlier, um, earlier. And uh, pray that God will bless them because, you know, they really didn't need this coronavirus thing on top of that. Also tonight, we're going to ask you to pray for cures for different diseases. Uh, pray for the cure for the coronavirus uh, situation, obviously. Pray for cure for cancer. Pray that the Lord will give us somebody with a cure for uh, Parkinson's. Pray that the Lord will give us somebody with a cure for dementia. And there's several other things. And, you know, just pray that the Lord will give us a cure for all these diseases. Also tonight, we're going to ask you to pray for our missionaries. I know missionaries around the world and here in the country. It's affecting them. Some on support are losing meetings. And so lift them up in prayer. Also pray for laborers in our church that the Lord will work there. Also for revival tonight, uh, pray that God will bring revival to our church and our city and our country. Pray for the leaders of our country. Pray that the Lord give them wisdom tonight. Also pray for the leaders in our church family and 
Uh, pray for the leaders in our city and our government uh, here in the state of Tennessee, our governor. So pray that the Lord will bless there. Pray tonight for our military, that the Lord will work there in their lives. And again, pray for our country tonight, that God will do a work there. And, you know, I'd love to see the Lord take this coronavirus away, this COVID-19 away, and and um, just bring revival to our country and our city and our state. Pray for that. And pray for those with job situations tonight. Pray that the Lord will work there. There are many that have job situations, and so we pray that the Lord will bless them, and we pray that the Lord will work there, and and uh, pray that God will bless, and and also pray for peace among our church family, that God will give folks peace being at home. And, and for all those that are kind of stuck at home right now, pray for them that the Lord will give them peace and He'll give them patience and give them, uh, give them just the needs of their heart. Let's pray about that. Now, tonight I'm going to ask Brother Daniel to come up here and sing, and I mean, come up here and pray over this. And Brother Daniel's here helping run our, uh, our uh, live streaming tonight. And so, Brother Daniel, if you'd come up here and let's uh, pray over these requests tonight, if you would, please. Lord, as we stand here before you, Lord, there are so many people who need prayer, who need guidance, who need fish right now, Lord, just need some hope. Lord, I pray for all those right now that are being affected by this coronavirus. Just everyone, Lord, I pray that you would give everyone peace of heart and spirit. Lord, I pray that you would also bring your healing hand upon our nation, Lord, as we continue throughout this whole terrible situation. That you would help our government officials, Lord, as they guide us through this, that the right decisions would be made. And also for our caretakers in the hospitals or the homes, Lord, that are putting themselves in harm every day of this coronavirus. I pray that you just reach out and touch it and move it, Lord. And those, especially within our church family that are being affected, I pray that you just reach out to them and touch them tonight, Lord, that they might find healing and comfort here, Lord. I pray, I pray for all those in our church that are also dealing with cancer and dementia, Parkinson's. It seems like the list goes on and on, Lord. I pray that you would be with them, love them, care for them, Lord. And I pray that especially your healing hand be upon them, Lord. That it's always, that your will be done, Lord. That uh, you just let your will be seen through them, Lord. And that other people might hear them come to know Jesus Christ, Lord, by seeing their, their witnesses, Lord. I pray that you would just, again, reach out and touch us, Lord. Lord, last in the night, I pray that you bring a revival to our nation, Lord, that we might see a great peace across the nation for you, Lord, that man's peace is yours. Excuse me, every day we, we grow worse and worse, Lord. I pray that you just reach out and touch us, Lord, and give us the courage to be that light to those around us, Lord, that we might uh, that we might see that revival start here in Nashville, Lord. Thank you for everything you're doing, Lord. Thank you for everything you're going to continue to do. And I pray that you just bless the service, Lord, and let it reach out and touch those who need to be touched. Amen. We come to our second time of prayer tonight, and we always have two times of prayer on Wednesday night. And the second time of prayer is for those that are lost, specifically those that are lost. And we'll ask you to pray for different groups tonight. And uh, ones that are lost tonight, number one, pray for those in our church family that have lost relatives. Pray that the Lord will bless them and take care of them and and uh, work. And pray that God will just... Um, save them. Those in our church family that have lost relatives, save them. Also, we have others that have neighbors that are lost that need to be saved, others that have friends that need to be saved. 
And then some of us have coworkers that need to be saved. And I want you to pray that God will touch them and and then also pray that the Lord will bring great revival to our country and let us see a host of people saved as a result of that. And let's just pray that God will bless there and, and do a work there. So let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your goodness. And Father, tonight we pray that in this time of hardship in America that you would bring people to you. Father, I pray you'd open the windows of heaven. I pray you'd pour out your spirit. And Father, you've heard tonight that that many people have lost loved ones and relatives. And Father, I pray that you just get, get, I just pray that right now the Holy Spirit would go to them and show them their need of Jesus Christ. And Father, help us to be witnesses to them and help us to tell them about Jesus. And Father, I pray that even somebody will listen tonight and hear the, the gospel presented and maybe Sunday and hear the gospel presented. And Father, I pray that uh, you would just work and Father, I pray you again, you'd open the windows of heaven. Let us see souls saved here. and Let us be concerned about seeing the lost reached for Jesus Christ. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now at this time tonight, Brother West is going to come and he's going to sing for us tonight. So Brother West, come on. for me place in my hands the wonderful key that shall unclasp and set me free silently now I wait for thee ready my God thy will to see open my eyes illumine me spirit divine open my ears that i may hear Voices of truth thou sendest clear, and while the wave notes fall on my ear, everything false will disappear. Silently now I wait for thee, ready, my God, thy will to see. Open my ears, illumine me, Spirit divine. Open my mouth and let me bear gladly the warm truth everywhere. Open my heart and let me prepare Love with thy children thus to share. Silently now I wait for thee. Ready, my God, thy will to see. Open my heart, illumine me. Spirit divine. 
Amen. Okay, I appreciate, again, you joining us in this hour, and I'm going to ask you to turn to your Bible, if you have it with you tonight, turn in your Bible, or whenever you're watching this, to Acts chapter 8 in your Bible. Acts chapter 8. Get you to look there with me tonight, and uh, to look there with me. And let me just make a couple of announcements real quick. Um, for those of you that are wondering, we are still in the process of working on some other online things. What we have done thus far, we have the Facebook stream, we've got that. Uh, Brother Daniel is here and he's working another stream. We have started a podcast, believe it or not, and he's running that tonight. And he's got that running and 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 uh, I don't know where it's at. Hopefully he can give me the, all the address and everything and we'll put it on the church website so that y'all can find it. If anybody's interested and listen to it or you can share it with friends. And so we do have that. Uh, in fact, the other night, first time we did the podcast, at the end of the podcast for five minutes, somebody tuned in and listened. And so it was kind of exciting. And so, but we do have the Facebook uh, live streaming. Uh, we will be doing this again Sunday, but we are going to make some decisions tonight and uh, whether to be in the auditorium Sunday or not. As many of you know, the mayor of Nashville has asked all the business shut down, everybody stay home and things like that. And so we have our spiritual leadership here tonight. And um, the you know leadership um, of our church, and uh, we we have not let anybody in the building except for six people, and we've done that on purpose. My wife is not even here, and uh, she is at home. And uh, but it's myself and Brother Wes, and he's here. Obviously, you saw him. You saw Brother Daniel. Brother Daniel's running a podcast. Sarah is here. She's running the Facebook stream, and she's responsible for all that. And if you like all the background uh, pictures and everything on Facebook, she's responsible for that. Brother Ritter is here as, as our only deacon. He's a spirit, He's one of our spiritual leaders. And so he is here to help us make the hard decisions because this is something you got to pray about. And again, Sunday, we may not be able to be in the auditorium, and I may have to do this from my house. So, But we will be here. And then Miss Kathy's here tonight to keep everything clean so that we don't get each other sick. And we are sitting all over the place. Brother West's over here. Brother Ritter's over here. Uh, Miss Kathy's way back here. Brother Daniel and Sarah are over here. And so we're keeping it separate. And so uh, do pray that the Lord will give us wisdom. And uh, But like I said, we, we don't want to do this. I hate shutting church down. Anybody that knows me knows I hate doing it. But we're doing it for the safety of our church family. We're doing it for the safety of our church family. And so, but God bless you. And uh, But Acts chapter 8 in your Bible tonight, and I thought about this. Acts chapter 8, I thought about this, and and uh, it's really kind of uh, exciting uh, when you look at Acts chapter 8. Uh, right now, you and I are living in adverse times, are we not? Yes, that's the answer, yes. And by the way, you can talk back to me if you want. I just won't be able to hear you. But anyhow, but, uh, uh, well, my daughter is talking back, so anyhow. And uh, so, uh, but anyhow, to make a long story short, and I know I just broke the protocol, I'm not supposed to touch my face, but don't worry, I did wash my hands. So, um, but uh, in Acts chapter eight, you know, it, it, we can talk about adversity in this. And many of us, all of us are facing adversity with all the crazy things going on in society today and, and, all, and with this virus and everything. But uh, in Acts chapter eight, I, I want to kind of bring that out tonight if I can. And, and again, I want to be an encouragement, but I also want to, show you some things from the Word of God tonight, if I can. Maybe teach you a little bit and give you something to think about, something to ponder, and something that will encourage your heart. Acts chapter 8, look down at verse 1. Acts 8, verse 1. And Saul was consenting unto his death, 
And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Verse 2, And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, and healing men and women, committed them to prison. Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere, preaching the word. Let's pray and ask God to bless our time. Bow your head with me. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless our time. Father, bless our time in the Word of God. Father, do a work here. And Father, just open the windows of heaven, pour out your Spirit. And Father, we just pray that you would get glory. And Father, I pray that you would be honored. And Father, now use this simple message tonight to challenge our hearts and help us. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, in the verses that you and I just read, in verses 1 through 4, we're told about a persecution that hit the first church in the city of Jerusalem, a persecution that the church at Jerusalem experienced. Now, what I want to do here real quick is jump right into the text, and I want you to see six things that we are told or we can deduce from the passage, six things that we're told. Number one, first of all, this persecution came upon the martyrdom of Stephen. Think about that. It came upon the martyrdom of Stephen. Look at verse 1. And Saul was consenting unto his death, and at their, their time, And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout all the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. In other words, it came upon the martyrdom of Stephen. Notice it says there, Paul was consenting unto his death. That is a reference to the death of Stephen in chapter 7, the first martyr. And upon his death, this persecution broke out. So that's the first thing we see. This came upon the martyrdom of Stephen. Number two, second thing we see here, Saul played a key part in the persecution. Saul played a key part in the persecution. Look at verse 1 again. And Saul was consenting unto his death. Look down in verse 3. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Now, I want you to think about that. Saul had a great part in this persecution, that started with the church here in Jerusalem. It started. I want you to notice in the first part, in verse 1, it says that Saul was consenting unto his death. Now, the idea of the word consenting there is just not he was okaying it. You know what the idea is? Paul, or Saul, excuse me, took gratification over the death of Stephen. Isn't that amazing? He took gratification over the fact that Stephen had been stoned and that he had died that this servant of Christ was now dead. What this word describes, it describes his pleasure at Stephen's death. Hey, folks, i got to tell you something. That's a callous person that takes the pleasure in the death of another, is it not? Yes, it is. Callous person. But then look at verse 3. We're told about Saul, what he did, and, and the persecution that he led against the church. It says, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church. Stop right there. He made havoc of the church. Think about that word. The idea of the word havoc is he laid waste. He ravaged the church. He tried to ruin the church. And he tried to do it in every way possible. That's the idea, made havoc of the church. Tried to bring ruin to the church of God. But that's not all it says. The rest of verse 3, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. The idea of the word hailing there, I want you to think about this. He was hauling people out of their houses. That's what he was doing. He was dragging them out forcibly. Think about that for a minute. He was probably kicking in doors. He was going in. He was dragging people out, and he was putting them in jail. 
He was putting them in prison. You know what their crime was? They were followers of Jesus Christ. A persecution against the church. But folks, I, I want you to think about something there with me. And there's something I got to say right here. And if I didn't say this, I would not be doing a favor. But, you know, one of the things that jumps out at me is as I was thinking about this, you know, one of, one of the lessons you and I can learn right here is this shows us this. Don't give up on people. You said, what do you mean by that, Brother Scott? Well, think about who Saul is. Later, Saul, in Acts chapter 9, would get saved, would he not? Yes. And then, in a few chapters later, he would change his name and start using the name of Paul. Now, I want you to think about that. If God can save Paul or Saul and then use him to bring honor and glory to his name and make him one of the greatest servants in history, folks, what can he do with somebody else? What's the lesson there? Don't give up on people. Don't give up on people. Remember what the apostle said in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. There you have Paul's testimony in a nutshell. He said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Paul said he was the chiefest of sinners. But then notice what he said in verse 16. He said, how be it for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Think about that. Paul was saying, hey, God saved me to be a pattern of what he can do in the life of somebody else. So what am I trying to tell you tonight? Don't give up on people because you may pray for them for a while and God can save them, folks. He can save them. Don't give up on people. I know sometimes we think some people are too hard to get saved or some people are too far gone to get saved or some people that, oh, God will never save them. No, 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 no. We need to get that thinking out of our mind and we need to have faith in God that He can save anybody. Amen. Yes, we need to have that faith that He can save anybody. I mean, man, if God used Saul as a sample or as an example what He can do in somebody's life, man, if God can save Saul, He can save anybody, right? He can save anybody. Wow, what an example for you and I. So friend, if you've got a friend that's lost, don't give up on them. Pray for them. Still be that witness. you got a family member that's lost, let me encourage you. Pray for them. Don't give up on them. God can save them. God can save them. Pray for them and pray that the Lord will touch them. Pray that the Lord will touch them. Now let me just give you a word of warning. When you start praying and ask the Holy Spirit to bring conviction to somebody, He might do it. He might do it. You say, what do you mean by that, Brother Scott? We had a lady come to our church years ago. Years ago, when I first got into the ministry, she came on one of our vans, and she lived uh, kind of a rough life, came from a, a, you know, not the best background in the world, and she ended up getting saved. Great thing how she got saved. But she wanted to see her husband saved. And so she asked us, she said, would you pray that God would save him? So we started praying. About three weeks later, she said, do me a favor, quit praying. He's got mean since then. Folks, they may get mean. They may get under conviction and don't understand it. But at that point, you can tell them maybe that's the Holy Spirit dealing with your heart. And you need Jesus. Maybe an open door to tell them about Jesus. My friend, pray for them. But don't give up on them. Don't give up on them. Third thing we see here in this passage tonight, Number three, very simply, it was a great persecution. Do you notice what it says there in verse 1? And Saul was consenting unto his death, and at that time there was a 
great persecution against the church. I looked up the word great there. The idea of the word great is that it was big or strong. Big or strong. And you know, you can see how big and how strong it was down in verse 3, where it says Paul made havoc, or Saul made havoc of the church. Ruin of the church. He was working hard on destroying the church of God in the city of Jerusalem. And then it says he was hailing men and women and committing them to prison, hauling them out of their house, dragging them out of their house forcibly, forcibly, and taking them to jail, committing them to prison because they were followers of Jesus Christ. Right now in our country, we don't have that. But my friend, it may come that day. But notice it was a great persecution. Number four, the fourth thing I want you to see tonight, the fourth thing, number four, this caused believers to have to leave Jerusalem. This caused believers to have to leave Jerusalem. Look down at verse 1. And Saul was consenting unto his death, and at that time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Think about that. Because the persecution was so great, people were scattered abroad. They had to get out of the city of Jerusalem for their lives. I want you to think about that. I wonder if some of them had to leave their homes. Imagine that. Leave their homes for protection, to save their lives, to save their families. One of the questions that comes up right here, but brother God, isn't this a lack of faith? I'm going to tell you tonight, I don't think so. And I'll show you a little bit more why in a little bit. But I don't think this is a lack of faith. A lack of faith. It's kind of like I shared the other night. You know, I get in my truck and drove down to the church while I go, well, you know, one of the first things I did is I put my seatbelt on. Is that a lack of faith? No. You know, I brush my teeth every morning and every night. Well, most nights. I want to say 99% of the time. I don't want to lie up here. But, uh, you know... Um, but I uh, brush my teeth, I floss. Is that because I don't have faith that God can keep my teeth whole? No, I want to make sure, you know, God's given me common sense. Folks, this is not a lack of faith. But this caused believers to have to leave home and leave Jerusalem because the persecution was so great. But that brings me to the fifth thing I want to share with you tonight. The fifth thing. Number five, they remained faithful to the Lord in face of the persecution. They remained faithful to the Lord in face of persecution. Think about that for a minute. In the face of adversity, they remained faithful to the Lord. Even though they were persecuted, they remained faithful to the Lord. Think about that. They had to leave Jerusalem. The persecution was so bad. Remember when I said, was that a lack of faith? No. Why? Because they kept serving the Lord. You say, how do you know? Look at verse 4. In verse 4 it says, Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. You know what that is? If you look that up, they were still doing the work of evangelism. Remember the church of Jerusalem was growing. People getting saved every day. Acts 2.47, And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved, which meant people were doing the work of God, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ on a daily basis. Well, guess what? Even though they had to run for their lives, they remained faithful to the Lord and kept sharing Christ everywhere they went. Folks, you know what that shows me? If they can keep 
following Christ in the midst of heartache and hardship, you and I can follow Christ in heartache and hardship. There's a lesson here, another lesson. I love giving these little lessons. I hope you enjoy them. But I, I love these lessons, and I've said this before, but you and I need to be on guard. Why? Because when adverse times come, or things we don't understand, or things we think we know better than God, or adversity comes, you know what? You better be careful. Why? Because at that time, Satan will try to use the littlest things to try to keep you from serving God. He'll try to use these things to turn you away from God. He'll try to use heartache and hardship and adversity and tragedy and problems to keep you from serving Him. Isn't that what he did to Job? I said this the other night. He did that to Job. He told God, Satan told God, you take it all away and Job will curse you to your face. Did Job curse God? No. He said, you touch his body, Job will curse you to your face. Did he curse God? No. But you know what Satan was trying to do? He was trying to use adversity and hardship to get Job to turn away from God. Remember the words of Jesus to Simon Peter? He told him that Satan wanted to sift him, wanted to try him out. You remember those words? You know, Jesus said, I prayed for thee that thy what? Faith fail not. Why? There is a danger when hard times come. I know a man tonight that went through a horrible situation in a church years ago, and he told me he would never step back inside a church because of the situation. And let me tell you, it was bad. But is that a reason to keep from following the Lord? You know, is that a reason to keep from serving Christ? You know, some people, they get up, you know, they let adversity come and it turns them away from the Lord Jesus Christ. The question comes is, will you and I be true in the face of hardship? Will you and I be true in the face of persecution? Will you and I be true in the face of adversity? Will you and I be true? What did Job say in Job 13, 15? Job 13 and verse 15, he said, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Wow! Wow! Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. What great words! Wow! But can I also say something for the lost person that may be listening to me tonight? If you're not careful, Satan will use adversity to try to blind you. One of the things he wants to do, according to 2 Corinthians 4, 4, is blind your eyes so that you won't see the good news of Jesus Christ. So that you won't see how much God loves you. Loved you enough to send Jesus to die on Calvary's cross so you could be saved. Loved you enough to provide a way for you to have eternal life. Loved you enough for, so that you could have your sins forgiven. Loved you enough because He didn't want to see you face God's judgment. So He sent Jesus to die on the cross for your sins. But my friend, you better be careful. Adversity, heartache, hardship, a backslidden church member, garbage all around us can keep you from getting saved. My friend, if I were you tonight, I wouldn't let anything keep me from getting saved. Not pride, not friends, not adversity. Why don't you make Jesus your Savior tonight? Why don't you make Him your Savior tonight? And then let me give you the sixth thing tonight, if I can, that I see in the passage here. The sixth thing that I see in the passage. I was looking at this and in my notes, and, and I got to tell you, I got excited about this thing. 
Can I tell you what happened? This persecution, number six, resulted in obedience to the Lord's instructions. You said, what? This persecution resulted in obedience to the Lord's instructions by God's church. Think about that for a minute. Think about it. You say, Brother Scott, I really don't see it here. Well, once you look at verse 1, then I want you to see verse 4. Then I'm going to get you to look at two other scriptures in the book of Acts with me tonight. Look at verse 1. And Saul was consenting unto his death, and at that time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And notice the next verse, line. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Did you catch that? Think about that for a minute. Read that verse again, the last part of it. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Now notice this in verse 4. Therefore they that were scattered abroad, talking about those that were scattered abroad in Judea and Samaria, went everywhere preaching the word. Now I want to share another verse with you. I want you to hold your hand in chapter 8 and verse 1. And I want you to go back to chapter 1, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Acts chapter 1 and look at verse 8. Oh, this is good. This is good. Acts 1 and verse 8. Notice what Jesus told His disciples before He ascended back to heaven. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in both, but, excuse me, witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, now notice, and in all Judea, and in where? Samaria. Did you get that? And then the last part, and under the uttermost parts of the earth. Think about that. Now put chapter 1 and verse 8 with chapter. 8 and verse 1. Chapter 8, uh, 1 and verse 8, they were to be witnesses in Jerusalem. Then they were to go to Samaria, or Judea, the rest of Judea. Then they were to go to Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, here, when they got scattered abroad, they were already in Jerusalem. Then they ended up in Judea, and then they ended up in Samaria, where the Lord had told them to go. And guess what they did when they went? They shared the good news of Jesus Christ in verse 4. They evangelized. They shared the good news. Well, it didn't stop right there. Look over at Acts chapter 11, if you would. Acts chapter 11 and verse 19. Now, basically in Acts chapter 8 and verse 4, the story kind of suspends itself, and it talks about Philip going down and sharing Christ. Then you have some other things go on. Then it comes back to the persecution in Acts chapter 11 and verse 19. Now notice in verse 19. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen. Did you catch that? That refers you back to Acts chapter 8 and verse 1. Notice, they traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And then in Antioch, they started sharing the gospel with, with the Greek-speaking Jews and with the Gentiles. Now think about this for a minute. You know what you have there? What you have here in Acts chapter 1 is you have the beginning of the fulfillment of Jesus' instructions to take the gospel, yes, shared in Jerusalem, but then you need to go to Judea, then you need to go to Samaria, 
and then you need to go to the uttermost parts of the earth. That's what you have here. You know what this is? This this persecution that came on this church at Jerusalem resulted in their obedience to the Great Commission, their obedience to the instructions of Christ to go to Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth sharing the gospel. Up to this point, they hadn't left Jerusalem. Think about it. And persecution came, and guess what happened? It sent them out to Judea. It sent them out to Samaria. It sent them to the uttermost part of the earth where the Lord had told them to go, and they hadn't gone yet, where the Lord had told them to go. Can I tell you something tonight? Can I just share with you adversity or bad things or persecution does not hinder God's purposes? It does not hinder God's purposes. See, God can take bad or use bad or use adversity to fulfill His purpose. Here you see it in the spread of the gospel. You see it there in Paul's life. Paul got saved. He got arrested. He suffered. He got put in jail. But look at the number of people that got saved through his witness in jail. The Philippian jailer. What about the soldiers that got uh, chained to him when he was arrested and, and the gospel went to Caesar's house? Hey, folks, God can use you and I in adverse times to share Christ or be a witness to others. You and I just need to be faithful. You and I can make a difference in adverse times and hard times. You and I can make a difference. You know what the greatest difference you can make in somebody's life is? You can tell them about Jesus. You can tell them about Jesus. The greatest difference you can make in somebody's life. And during this time, people all over the place are looking for the answers. And you know what? The answer is found in Jesus. Why? Because when you tell somebody about Jesus and they get saved, they come to Jesus for salvation. They get their sins forgiven according to Acts 10, 43. They get new life in Christ according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. They get eternal life in heaven according to John 3, 16. And they get pardoned from God's judgment according to John 3, 17 and 18. They get pardoned. My friend, the greatest thing we can do for somebody is tell them about Jesus. That brings me to the end, and I've got a question to ask. A quick question. Was this persecution of God? Did God bring the persecution? Did He? You know, a lot of people say, well, I don't believe God brings bad things. Well, God allows bad things at some times. We know that. Did God bring this? Did God allow this persecution? Let me give you two things to think about if I can. Two things to think about. I held up two, you know, there were two there, but but let me share two things with you real quick here. Did you notice in verse 8, he used the phrase scattered abroad, or the two words scattered abroad? Did you notice in verse 4, therefore they that were scattered abroad? Scattered abroad. You know what those words kind of have the meaning or the idea of? To sow throughout. To distribute in foreign lands. Think about that. When you go to plant a crop, what do you do? You sow seed to produce fruit. Was it possible that the Lord used this? to sow believers who would go out 
to produce souls for the Savior? Is that possible? And then what about Genesis chapter 50? I thought about this. When you think about adversity, there's probably nobody else in the Bible besides Saul that went through adversity like the young man named Joseph. Joseph went through all kinds of things, taken from home as a teenager, sold into slavery, falsely accused of attempted rape, put in prison, forgotten about in prison. But then guess what? Becomes the prime minister of Egypt. His dad ends up coming down, he ends up saving his whole family alive. But after dad dies, the brothers are afraid. And they're afraid that Joseph is going to finally seek revenge on them. They come to Joseph and they make up some big story that wasn't true about, oh, dad said to tell you that not to take vengeance after he dies. And I love Joseph's words in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 19. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Satan meant this persecution to destroy the church, but God used it to bring people to Christ and save a lot of souls. That's what God did here. He used it to bring people to Jesus. Used it to bring people to Jesus. Can God use adversity? Can God use affliction? Can God use heartache? Psalm 119, verse 67, the psalmist said, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now have I kept thy word. You know, sometimes God allows affliction to get our attention or to move us or to motivate us. Psalm 119 and verse 71, he said, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. You know, as I thought about this passage and I thought about what people are going through today, I thought about one verse, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. The old song says, Someday He'll make it plain to me. Someday from when I His face shall see. Oh, someday from fear I shall be free. Oh, someday I shall understand. Folks, in the middle of whatever adversity we're facing, in the middle of this COVID-19 or whatever it is, let you and I be faithful to the Lord and let you and I be that seed that's been sown about to bring fruit to the Lord for salvation. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We pray the Holy Spirit would just bless tonight and help us to be faithful to you and help us to be his seed to tell others about Jesus. Now, Father, do a work here. Open the windows of heaven. Pour out your spirit. And Father, just bless. Bless those tonight that are sick. Touch those that maybe heard me tonight that need, that need Jesus. For yes, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. My friend tonight, if you've made your decision to follow Christ, you can reach out to me. Go to the WhitleyMemorial.com website page, and on there you'll find a contact. If you'll push that button, you can send an email directly to me. Let me know if you've got saved, and I'll send you something in the mail. Send you a note back by email, but I'll send you something that'll help you in your Christian life. 
God bless y'all. And may the Lord keep you and watch over you.